when humanity first discovered fire, it changed the course of human evolution. The lifespan of our ancestors increased. Suddenly, they were able to hunt and cook in new ways, stay warm and have a source of light. But today, the same fires have become a threat to the future of our planet as we know it. So, in today's episode, we're going to focus on wildfires and the politics of it, who gains from them and who loses. Hello and welcome to episode 2 of 2 Minutes to Midnight, a global podcast for a global problem. My name is Julia Bona. And I am Ayushi Shah. Half of Australia is directly affected by wildfires as of January 2020. Now, these wildfires are extremely common in Australia and they also have a name for it, which is the wildfire season. But this year was somehow especially worse, especially because of climate change and temperature fluctuations. But what is really interesting in this situation is the government's stance on the entire issue. Yeah, because Australia is among the world's largest exporters of iron ore, uranium, coal and natural gas. And the government is continuing to back up those industries for the role they play in the economy. And it has only recently acknowledged the role of climate change to the wildfires. And this is really interesting because it's not like the government did not know about the risk of these fires, especially in 2019. Because in April 2019, former fire chiefs and emergency leaders issued a letter that warned the government about these increased weather fluctuations. So they requested a meeting and the government declined. But who actually pays for the government's lack of actions? And that are unfortunately the people of Australia. Many people have lost their houses, pollution levels have increased and vulnerable people are especially affected by the wildfires as well. Despite massive effects to its people, the government justifies the lack of climate action with a need of economic growth and more development. Which again brings us to like the irony of this, right? Because they say that the economy is very important. Which brings us to, say for example, Sydney. The mayor of Sydney said that fireworks during the 2020 New Year celebrations will still go on because the tourists there have come to Australia especially to see that. And this is in the middle of like Australia literally burning. So where do we draw the line? What is more important, the citizens and their safety or the money that tourism brings? Most of the fires in Australia were not man-made, but there are parts of the world where people deliberately start forest fires. Why would anyone burn these lands on purpose? In August 2019, whether you were on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, you must have come across the hashtag pray for Amazon. And that actually relates to um, increased forest fires in Brazil during the dry season between July and October last year. And those fires were mostly started by farmers and lodgers, which happens every year. But last year was really extreme, which is why there was also such a huge outcry on social media. So how come it's been so out of control, especially last year, the fires? I mean, forest fires in Brazil happen every year, 
but Brazil's president, Jair Bolsonaro, um, changed the environmental policies of the country, which led to a sharp drop in fines for environmental violations. And there were like, was like a direct relation of that to increase of forest fires. This is so upsetting because, like you said, there, are, there is a direct connection between the government and what happens to the land that they govern. And you still have prime ministers and presidents who are completely denying climate change. And then you have people who are saying that, yes, it is happening, but not realizing the intensity of these events on our future. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like uh, Bolsonaro eventually in late August did intervene and he ordered a 60 day ban on setting fires, fires um, to clear land in the Amazon region. And that was actually good for the Brazilian Amazon. But on the other hand, there is another area which was hugely affected by those fires, which is the Cerro da Savana in the south of Brazil. And this is really important because like when you say Amazon, everyone basically knows, okay, Amazon rainforest, kind of where it is, what is what it's about. But um, the Cerrado Savanna, it's like pretty unknown, I would say. But on the other hand, it's one of the most biodiverse areas in the world. There are species of animals and plants where like 40% of them can only be found in this specific area. So did the situation get any better after the ban? Um, I mean, like for the Amazon, definitely. But the problem was that um, the savannah was not subject to the same ban on fires and forests on the Brazilian Amazon in late August. So between August and September, actually the numbers of fires and the Cerrado Savannah increased by 78%. And another important fact is also that like for the Amazon rainforest, the biggest problem are not necessarily wild forest fires, but deforestation, because when the fires are out, deforestation is still happening. People are still cutting down trees. So what is all of this massive land used for? Is it being sold to corporations? Like what is happening to it? I mean, if parts of it definitely, but um, the people who start those fires are like farmers and they do that because they want more land for agriculture. And the process is to complete that by burning the rainforest down and they, they make way for soybean fields and grazing land for cattle. And I mean, I myself, I am a vegan when I tell people that some of them like talk to me about it but there are also some people who um, kind of argue that vegans are responsible for the amazon rainforest being cut down because of um, the soybean fields but actually those soybeans are gmo which means genetically modified organ um, organisms and um, especially in europe we have laws that you're not allowed um, to put, to consume um, those products so actually those soybeans are fed to cattle and then people eat the cattle. So um, you need to take a look on your own plate, I think, to really understand um, where that everything's coming from. The situation is similar in Indonesia and in many ways perhaps even more dire. And this is because the amount of CO2 released from Indonesia's fires in 2019 was almost double the amount. Uh, then that was released by fires in the Amazon rainforests in the same year. 400,000 fire alerts in the first eight months of 2019. That's a huge number. That is. And it's again linked massively to the government and the policy changes that it makes. So, for example, in April 2019, the government of Indonesia significantly weakened protection measures for the, for the wetlands there. 
and again sort of like that made it easier for like palm oil plantations or like industries around like pulp and paper to sort of like burn away this land for whatever reasons that they want to or needed to or or be negligent so again it's 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 really really disappointing yeah i mean for me it's, it's also really surprising to hear that because i thought that especially last year the fires in australia and brazil were the worst that we had so i'm a little bit surprised about the media coverage that i didn't hear anything about indonesia at all you know it's it's really interesting that you bring up uh, media coverage here because when i was reading about it you know the first headline that i see is forest fires have already cost indonesia 5.2 billion dollars and this is really interesting because when you hear about australia or the amazon you still have climate change or people or you know something around those conversations sort of going on first and you know like the 10 million children in southeast asia that are at risk because of these fires just doesn't come up so the question really is that if there is a fire that is twice as bad as the amazon and if yet we do not hear so much about it is it time for our media to reevaluate what they are looking at or for us to reevaluate the media that we decide to consume when i think of siberia or alaska i already want to get my winter gear on not so much last summer normally you associate wildfires with areas that are really hot but in july and august 2019 areas of siberia the russian arctic and parts of greenland and alaska were on fire and those fires have started by a combination of human activity and lightning i'm i'm really surprised again that i did not hear of these fires at all were they massive um compared to the other fires we've heard about not really like there were only roughly 280 fires but they are still worrying for two reasons and the first one is that they were set by people to conceal illegal logging activity which means um there were people who went into the forests and they cut down trees and then set the rest on, of the forest on fire to conceal that they were there and like kind of their illegal activity also an important fact is that more than 90% of those forest fires in Russia were burning in so-called control zones that are really remote areas and the authorities there are not obligated to fight those fires this is what the problem is extremely weak policies a reflection of like the government's stance on the entire environmental situation and anyway what was the second reason so the second reason um was the proximity of those fires to the arctic um like the fires in siberian in the siberian forests are especially dangerous for the climate because they are the source of black carbon and that settles on the arctic ice and accelerates um the melting of the ice there so it just kind of speeds up climate change even more again like we can draw parallels to many other countries and their weak policies and how like corporations farmers and weak policies the government everything works together to sort of create this this horrible climatic atmosphere yeah and the thing is like um what we see now is like for me at least is you see where governments or policy makers set their um their priorities mm-hmm. like it's not kind of like to save the or like to protect the environment and also the people who are living there but more on on profit on gaining money and i think that's that's a really toxic environment 
it is it's, it's literally toxic because you see you know the future of the earth and it's going to affect all of us like we say all the time right like whether you're in indonesia or in australia you're going to be impacted by these fires one way or another all this talk about like uh, all the countries that are doing it wrong brings me to germany which is where you're from which made me really happy because you guys are doing it right at least in some ways yeah maybe not really related to forest fires because we also like we had forest fires last year as well especially um but in other parts of environmental protection definitely like for example if you want to build a house we have environmental laws that state if there is um an endangered species that's living there then you're not allowed to build something there and people also use that to stop um construction building for example when there is a, a forest and a company wants to to build a new new building there and people don't want that to happen because uh, it's a nice forest or like i mean like forests are cool so <laughs> they want to keep that forest um people are getting crafty and they um get to areas where endangered species uh, especially birds or bats are and they collect like the bird poop from those endangered species and they then like bring it to those areas where the other people want to build something and then someone finds the bird poop and it's like oh no this bird poop is from an endangered species that's a nesting area for this species you're not allowed to build something here and then nothing gets built but that is brilliant i mean i'd rather live in a country with too much like environmental protection than like weak policies which brings me back to my own country which is india of course and i'm from mumbai and um, there is a small stretch of like forest land that we have left and it's 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 really really small in the city and we call them the lungs of mumbai it's called the ra colony but now the government or the authorities want to sort of like chop it off the entire land to build the metro shed the metro what so the metro shed is basically a place we're building a new metro line in bombay so it's just a place for the, all these coaches or the or, or these trains to sort of like stay in and it's really disappointing because people are protesting you know every single week going there and like trying to protect these forests but we don't know what is going to happen because the policies are so weak there are a lot of connections between the leaders of governments how they think and what is happening in their countries we see that especially with wildfires at the moment and with no proper protection by laws and policies in countries that are affected by wildfires those fires are only going to get worse so you might ask yourself can we do something about it we definitely can i mean there was especially um when we look at the amazon in brazil there was a lot of international pressure first by people on social media uh the media itself and also other governments other countries and in the end Brazil's president Bolsonaro he took action and there was the 60 day ban um of setting fires in forests so there's definitely something you can do it is and which sort of like highlights the importance of individual action as well right because at the end of everything we're like but what can we do about it here are three tips of varying intensities and so depending on where you are on your climate journey you can do something to make a big difference number 1 change your search engine to ecosia they plant trees with their revenues number 2 take a look at your plate try to eat vegan as often as possible number 3 palm oil plantations destroy thousands of acres of forests every single year 
Every time you go out to consume a product or buy something, check if what you're eating has palm oil in it. And if it does, avoid it. Thank you so much for listening to episode 2 of 2 Minutes to Midnight. For updates on the show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 2 Minutes to Midnight Podcast.